Okay, Mesech the Demai Paragimel Mission Aleph. Machil and Esaniyim Demai Vesachsanya Demai. Since most Ami Ha'orat do take off Maisa, the Chachamim allowed a number of Kulis in regard to Demai. Many of these Kulis were mentioned previously in Parak Aleph. This Parak begins with a discussion of a Kula of Demai relating to people who are in need. And the Aloha is that we may feed poor people Demai. Poor people who beg at the door may be given a meal of Demai, which they may eat without taking off Maisa. Um, there's going to be maybe a difference with food that's distributed by tzedakah people. There's no difference whether the poor are chaverim, whether they keep the laws of the or amir aretz who do not. Even chaverim who do not take off meiser from, who, even chaverim do not need to take meiser off the food they receive. However, they may wish to be machmir and take off meiser. We may feed traveling soldiers the mai. In those times, townspeople were responsible for feeding Jewish soldiers passing through the town. This would only apply if the soldiers do not stay overnight. If they do stay overnight, they're viewed as living temporarily in the town rather than merely passing through, and the food that they eat is going to be mukhiv in the mice. So the Rabbon, the Chachamim, were mekel regarding feeding poor people and traveling soldiers since these are charity-related acts. Nevertheless, if someone feeds the mice to a poor person or a traveling soldier, he must let him know in advance that the food is the mice, that if he wishes to be strict and not take advantage of the kula, that allows him to eat the mai, he may do so, and obviously it's not an issue. Rabbi Gamliel Hoyamachel is poil of the mai. Rabbi Gamliel goes weiter and he says that he would feed his poor workers the mai. Rabbi Gamliel holds that since the workers are poor and may eat the mai, since that they can eat the mai, you're allowed to feed them the mai as well. The custom where Rabbi Gamliel lived was for those who hired workers to supply their workers with meals. Now their custom actually obligates the employer to supply meals, like the, like the Gemara says at the beginning of Asaychus HaPayalim. Nevertheless, Rav Gamliel holds that since the workers are poor and may eat the mai, it's mutter to feed them the mai lechatechila. It may be that Rav Gamliel allowed paying an obligation to the worker with the mai only when paying workers so that the work should be more easily available for the poor and not when paying other chiyuvim. According to the Tanakhama, however, feeding the mai to one's workers is asr since it's considered paying one's obligations with the mai, which is asr regardless. Gabet Staka. The Mishnah's kula that permits poor people to eat the mai applies only to small amounts of food, such as a single meal given to the poor people who beg at the door. But a person who gives out, distributes tzedakah, who provides poor people with larger amounts of food, so the chachamim in this case do not patra such a person from the mai. And so because of this, the Mishnah will discuss how these people who distribute tzedakah can distribute the mai. So Gabet Staka regarding people who collect tzedakah, who collect food from the townspeople and distribute it to the poor. So, they give the food that Maeser was already taken from, from the people who are trusted already to a person who does not separate Maesers. Since we cannot rely on Amaorah to separate Maesers, so Beishamah require that the Gabay tzedakah give them only food that has already been taken off Maeser from. Beishamah and the mai should be given to a person who does take off meiser, because those who receive the mai are given extra food to make up for the meiser that they will separate. So nimtu kal adam eichlem As a result, each person who receives from tzedakah will eat food that meiser was already taken off. So by giving the demai, by giving the demai to those who can be trusted to take off meiser, and by giving ameharitz food that was only meiser that was you only give them food that was meiser previously. So the gabay tzedakah ensure that no one eats forbidden food. But, so according to Beishamai, in order to ensure that the Amearats do not receive the Mai, the Gabay Tzedakah must keep the donations they receive from Amearats separate from those received from people who are trusted to take off Maeser. 
The Gabbai Tzedakah collect the food without differentiating, without keeping two separate collections um, for those who take with Meisr and for those who don't. And they distribute the food to all the poor people in the town without any differentiation in the distribution either between the Amei Oretz and those who are Neman. And the poor person who is willing to take off Meiser will take off Meiser. And that means that he's Mechuyiv to take off Meiser. Nevertheless, the Chachamim were being Saimech on the poor people to take Meiser off their own food. When the Mishnah says, literally, he who wishes to take off Meiser will take off Meiser, it doesn't mean that it's up to the poor person to decide whether or not to take off Meiser. Rather, the poor person is mechuyiv to take off Meiser from the food that was given to him. When the Mishnah, what the Mishnah means is that the Chachamim left the Chi of Meiser in the poor person's hands, knowing quite well that there will be Amayarats who do not take Meiser off their food. So according to the Chachamim, the Gabbard Stako don't separate the food that they collected from the Amayarats because there's a concern that the Amayarats who sees his contribution being kept separately will become upset and not give Tzedakah anymore at all. Therefore, since the Dmai and the Meiser are both being collected the same way and being kept together the same, in the same place, it's not possible to differentiate between what's given to Chaverim and what's given to the Amaoretz. Therefore, we have no choice but to rely on the poor people to take Meiser off their own for food. In the first case of the Mishnah, however, there's no Chiv to take Meiser off the produce, it's just a Chumrah to do it like that. That is because this case is speaking about a single meal given to the poor people who come knocking on the doors. So such meals are not Mechuyiv in the Dmai at all. However, provide poor people with larger amounts of food, and the Chachamim did not exempt such donations from a chiv of the mind. Mishnah base. So there's going to be a number of this, the Mishnah is going to discuss a number of situations where a person may take care that Tevel and the mind don't come into the hands of Amoritz that Amoritz shouldn't be nichshul in eating the mind. We have to go out of our way to make sure that they aren't nichshul and demai. So a person who's carrying a load of vegetables that are tevel or demai, and wishes to trim the edible leaves off the vegetables to lighten to lighten his burden, he may not discard the trimmed leaves by the roadside until he first takes maizer off of it, because the discarded leaves may be found by an amara who may eat them without separating maizer. The Mishnah is saying that a, to any produce that a person, the Mishnah is talking about any produce that a person would throw away. It mentions vegetable leaves to teach that even vegetable leaves, which are very insignificant and most likely nobody will claim them, they, you must still take Meisr off of it since it's possible that someone will come and take them. We have seen in the first Mishnah of the Masechta that any, anything that's Hefker is not Mechuyiv and Meisr. However, that's only true when the produce becomes Hefker before the produce was processed, which when there was a Chi of Meisr. But for vegetables that are packed into bundles, the Echi of Meiser takes effect when they're packed into the bundles. So this Mishnah, which requires the vegetables to, to be Meisered, must be referring to vegetables that were packed into bundles, as we mentioned in Parak Aleph of Masech the Peah. Halakeach yorok min ashuk, v'nimlach lehachzer leyachzer ad sheyaser. Lahalocha, a sale is considered final when the buyer performs a kinyan, which is an act of taking ownership with the intention of taking ownership of the merchandise. Movable items, metaltalin, can be nicknack, can be acquired through a kinyan of hagbo, which means lifting, or mashich, which would mean pulling, depending on the item being acquired, like the Mishnah discusses in Kedushin in Parakalif. Once a kinyan is performed, the buyer owns the merchandise, even if the money has not yet been paid, as long as the price 
per unit that's being bought is known. Therefore, once a Kenyan has been performed, returning the purchase merchandise to the seller is the same as buying it back, as selling it back to him. So the Mishnah is going to say two halachas concerning a buyer who wishes to return, return produce that he purchased. So If a person is buying bundles of vegetables from, there's a set price per bundle from an Amoharetz, so in the marketplace, and the buyer picks up a number of bundles intending to take them home and own them, before he counted them to determine the total price to, before he pays for it, he changes his mind and decides to return them to the storekeeper, the halacha is that he may not return these vegetables to the owner until he takes with mice. Since the buyer has already lifted the vegetables with the intention of being kind of them, they are now his. So when he returns the vegetables to the seller, to the meicher, he's in effect selling them back to the meicher. Since it's usher to sell the meicher to an amaretz, he must take with meiser from the vegetables before returning to them. Why? The reason why the sale is complete at this point because there's a set price per bundle and all that is needed to be known is the number of bundles that he selected. As long as only as long as the only information needed is the count of the bundles, the sale is complete as soon as the buyer lifts them. But what if the buyer did not pick up the vegetables? If while he was still in the midst of purchasing a bundle of vegetables, meaning the seller was setting aside vegetables for the buyer to purchase, and the buyer did not yet lift up the merchandise, so and he saw another load of vegetables which was better quality than the first, and decided to buy the second load of bundles, of a second bundle or bunch of vegetables that he saw instead. He's permitted to return the first ones without taking off Meister because he didn't do Mashiach. In, in this case, it wouldn't be Mashiach, it would probably be um, Hagba, which is the appropriate Kenyan for vegetables. The Mishnah commonly uses the term Mashiach when referring to either Mashiach or Hagba, they always go together. So, therefore, the buyer never owned them. And therefore, by returning them to the owner, is not considered reselling the demai, and the buyer is not responsible to take off miser. Mishnah Gimel. As we saw in the previous Mishnah, the Kenyan has finalized when a person, the transfer of ownership happens when the person who's buying the item performs a Kenyan, which is the act of taking ownership with the Kavana, with the Das, to be kind of. The Mishnah is going to teach us how this applies to the Chiyuv of Meiser. So, if a person found produce on the road and took it to eat it, this is speaking of something that had no identifying mark, which would be a simon. Therefore, the person who found it is mutter to keep it for himself. The Mishnah is discussing produce that has reached the stage where Meiser already takes effect. Then he changed his mind and decided not to keep it for himself, but instead put it in a sheltered spot on the side of the road to take. He placed it in a protected spot where it's out of the reach of birds and animals. I guess it's in some kind of the corner where the animals won't be able to take it, or he hid it. He may not put it in a sheltered spot until he takes Maestro off of it. As soon as he lifted the produce with plants to eat it, it became his. But when he later decides and he changed his mind to leave the produce for others, he's discarding his own demai produce, he's being mafkir, his thing. Since the status of the produce is not known, it's considered demai. Therefore, as we learned in the previous Mishnah, he must take off Meiser from the produce first, and then he can put it in this safe hiding spot. But if he did not intend to acquire the produce, he originally took the produce to protect it, so it shouldn't be destroyed because he doesn't want his food to get lost and somebody could enjoy it. Or, yeah, so he never meant to take to be the, to own it. 
So Potter is Potter from Isa, since he did not mean to take the produce for himself when he picked it up, it never became his, and he has no chiv to take off Maisa before he throws it out. The Mishnah in the second parak taught us that it's mutter for a person to sell a large quantity of demai, but not a small quantity. So the Mishnah now applies that law to a matona. Whatever a person is not permitted to sell if it's demai, for example, a small quantity of demai which a person is not allowed to sell without taking off maiser, well, Yishlach Lachaveri Demai may not send as a gift to his friend if it is Demai. Demai may not be given as a gift even if the giver tells the one that's being Mekabal the Matana that the produce is Demai because we're concerned that the giver may forget to inform the one who's receiving the gift and the recipient may then eat it without taking off Maisa. So, So according to the opinion that the Mishnah just mentioned, it's also usher to give Tevel as a gift. About the Mishnah's chaylik in terms of tevel, Rabbi Yosi matir bevadai ubavachi permits sending even a small amount of tevel as a gift, as long as he lets the person who is receiving the gift know that no mice was taken from the produce. Rabbi Yosi is not concerned that the giver might forget to let the recipient know. Rabbi Yosi is matir giving tevel as a gift. He agrees that one may not sell tevel even if he lets the buyer know that the, that no mice or truma was taken off. However, regarding a matano where the one giving does not get any profit, so the Chachamim were mekel, and allowed even giving a small amount. However, Abiyasi agrees with Tanakama that a person may not give a small amount of Tmai as a gift, even if he tells the person receiving the gift that the produce is Tevel and no Maiso was taken off. Even, even Vada. Since the Demai, the Isra of Demai is not as Chomor as the Isra of Tevel, so even Abiyasi is concerned that the giver will neglect to tell the recipient that he must take Meiser of the produce. Mishnah Talat. HaMoylechitam L'Techen Kusiya L'Techen Amoretz. The rest of the parak is going to be dealing with produce that was already gemeisert, that was ready to process or to watch to a person who's not trusted regarding Meisers and Shviyas. Shviyas obviously is the Shemitah and has many halachas and restrictions regarding of how and when it may be used. And even though mostly it may be the Raisa, but Amearitz are suspect of not observing the Hilcheshvias properly. So Hamalach, Chitim Lotechen Kusi Olotechen Amaretz. A someone who brings food that Maisa was already taken off, and it was not a problem with Shvias, to a Kusi miller or to a miller who's an Amaretz for him to grind into flour. So what's a Kusi? Just a brief overview of Kusim. After the Galus of the Ten Shvatim, by the king of Ashur, so the non-Jewish residents of Kusa and certain areas were brought in by the people who conquered that area to live in that land where the, the Jews were chased out of. Because of an outbreak of lion attacks, they converted to Yiddishkeit. However, they did not keep the mitzvahs properly. Therefore, we must suspect that the produce is either Demai or of Shemitah. Um, whether they were if the conversion to Yiddishkeit were Gary Emes, or they were Gary Arise, were they true Gary men, they, they converted to Judaism with sincerity, or they converted just, you know, based on the fact that they were getting eaten by lions. Later, however, it was discovered that they were continuing their idolatrous ways, and they were therefore considered to be regular and uh, we'll see as we go on more about this. So, if a person brings um, Chitim that Maisa was already taken off of either to a Kusi or to a Miller who's an Amma Oretz, because Kosson the Maisa Sulashvias remains in its original status 
regarding Maishus and Shias, and that would mean that the flower that the miller returns to the owner is presumed to have been made with the Gemaiser, not Shvius, wheat that he gave the miller. Even though Kusum and Ameyars are not trusted regarding Maishus and Shvius, we're not concerned that the miller exchanged the customer's wheat with his own wheat, or with wheat that another customer who's also not trusted regarding Maishus and Shvius gave him to grind. This is because Kusum and Ameyars are not suspected to take something that's not their own. Therefore, they are careful that each customer should receive the flour ground from his own grain. But if the miller is a guy, so then demai. The flour he receives in turn is demai because we are concerned that the flour was made from wheat which an Amoritz gave the guy to grind. Since the guy at times may take something that's not his, they're not careful about Gineva or Gisela, so we're concerned that the miller might not have been careful to make sure that each customer receives the flour brought, um, flour ground from the wheat that he brought. It is therefore possible that the customer's wheat was exchanged with the wheat of another customer who's an Amaaretz. And the possibility that the guy may have used his own wheat to make the flower does not present a concern, since the wheat of a guy is positive from Miser altogether. Hamafkit peiris of Eitzel Akusia Eitzel Amaaretz. If someone leaves his peiris for safekeeping with the Kusi with the Amaaretz, but again, it's because Kosel Lemaisus it remains in its original status regarding Maishas and Shrias, and that is, we're not concerned that the Kusi of the Amar switched the produce which he was given with the other produce, since, as we mentioned before, they're not suspected to take something that's not theirs. So when the produce is returned to the owner, he does not need to be concerned that it is Tevel or it's from Peir Shrias. But, by Eitzel Oyved Kechavim, Kepir If he leaves the food that was Maishas already for safekeeping with a goy, the produce of the the produce that the guy gave back to him has the same status as the guy's produce, which is not subject to the laws of Maestas and Shias. Produce that was grown by a non Jew and owned by him when the Khiv of Maiser happens, when it's fully processed, is positive from Trumas and Maestas. For all practical purposes, then, the ruling of this case is identical to the ruling in the previous case where it was left to the Kusirama Arts. In both cases, Maiser is not required. The only difference is why it's not required. In the previous case, Maiser is not required since we can assume that the miller is returning the same produce that was given to him for safekeeping. While here, it's not required, even if it was exchanged, the produce was grown by a goy and is therefore potter from Trumas and Maisers. Although goyim are suspected to take something that's not theirs, there's no concern here that the returned produce may have belonged to an Amaraj, which is my, since unlike a miller, there's no reason to assume that this guy has other people's produce in his possession. Therefore, the only possible concern is that he may have exchanged the Jew's produce with his own produce, which is not an issue since the produce of a guy is not mechuyev in Maitzer or Shrias. Rib Shimon argues, and he says, Demai, the produce he receives from a guy is Demai, because a guy may taka have exchanged it with the produce given to him for safekeeping by an Amara. Rib Shimon argues that just as this Yid gave the guy produce to watch, so to another Yid who may be an Amara, may have done the same. Therefore, we must be concerned that the guy exchanged the Maiser for the Demai. And it's Lav Dafka that he did it on purpose, but because this may have happened, Reb Shimon says it's worthwhile being extra careful and taking off Demai here as well. Mishnah Hei. in Lepundokis. Someone, a Chaver, who, who's trusted regarding Maiser, gave raw food to a woman innkeeper who is an Amoritz to cook for him. So in the times that a Mishnah was common, for people who would be staying in an inn to bring their own raw food, which then they would have the innkeeper cook for them. And the Mishnah is going to discuss what to do when the innkeeper is an Amoritz. So in Nesan Lepadaka, someone gives it to a, a woman innkeeper, he must take off Maizah, which from the food that he gives her, 
and from the food which he which she gives back to him after she already cooked it. She is suspected to exchange the food with her own. Therefore, the real food that is given to her must be taken off from, since there is concern that she may take it and eat it without taking off miser. As a rule, a chavar is careful not to allow any on miser food to leave his possession. When there is concern that it may be eaten without taking off miser. So the cooked food that she returns to him must also be gemaiser, because that food may be her own food, which is the mile. Though we learned in the previous Mishnah that in general, Amayars are not suspected to exchange food, an innkeeper is an exception to this rule because she justifies that it's permitted for her to exchange her better quality food for her guest's lower quality food. And the case that the Gemara Gittin talks about is that, you know, she sees a fine, young, budding scholar and she'll say, it's passage for him to eat such low quality food, she'll exchange it for a higher quality food, which is very interesting because she's Amayars, but at the same time, she's showing a little bit of respect. It would have been a Torah. So she rationalizes that there's, nothing, that there's nothing wrong with what she's doing since her intention is to benefit the Chavar. This mission must be speaking of when this happens a while after Shemitah, when there's no longer concern that the produce of Shemitah is from Perishviyas. During Shemitah and shortly afterwards, the guest must be concerned that the produce that was returned to him was from Shviyas as well. Amr Biyasi disagrees and he says, We're not responsible for swindlers. Since she's acting deceitfully, she's not being honest and she's exchanging the food, we don't protect her from the effects of her action. Therefore, he's only to take of my serve from that which he takes back from her, but not the real food that he gives her, even though as a result of this, she may end up eating food that my wasn't taken off of. So, what's the machlekas here? So, Biyasi argues with the Tanakama who holds that when the innkeeper exchanges the food, she has her guest's best interest in mind and exchanges it with better quality food. Well, according to her Yaisi, she switches the food with lower quality food for her own personal gain. Therefore, since she unlawfully switches it with her own interest in mind, the guest is not responsible if she eats his, um, meaning if she'll eat his unmeisered produce. Although Ame Arts are normally not suspected of Gneva, the innkeeper may, ra- may rationalize that she's entitled to take his food that's better quality in exchange for her services. She's going to be some kind of Meirahetar to take it. Rebiyasi agrees, however, that the guest must take Meirahetar of the food that he receives from the innkeeper in order to protect himself from sin, even if he's not going to be Achroi for the Rabmoel. Mishnah One who gives raw food to his mother-in-law to cook for him, and the mother-in-law is Ramaharat. So he must take off Meirahetar from what he gives her and what he takes back from her. The reason for this is because she's suspected of exchanging that which spoils. That is, if the food he gave her gets ruined while she's cooking it, his mother-in-law is likely to exchange his food with her own food without his knowledge. So then she'll give him the food to eat, and she'll eat his food. She'll switch it around. Therefore, in order to prevent any isurim over here, he must take off the miser from the food that he gives her and that which he takes back from her. Now, normally, Amei Arts are not suspected of exchanging food entrusted to them, but the Tana explains why a mother-in-law is suspected of exchanging her son-in-law's food, because we suspect that she'll exchange her daughter-in-law's food, because, number one, she desires the well-being of her daughter and doesn't want her to eat that food because it became ruined, and number two, she's embarrassed on account of her son-in-law to return him food that became ruined. Yehuda is actually the author of the ruling, just cited in the Mishnah, is merely explaining the reasoning, he's not arguing. Right? Omer of Yehuda is different than Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Omer Rabbi Yehuda means, says Rabbi Yehuda as a continuation or as an explanation of what the Mishnah previously said. When Rabbi Yehuda Omer, that would be more of a, a difference of opinion. 
Rabbi Huda's opinion, however, was not accepted by the other Tanoim. The Chachamim disagreed with Rabbi Huda and maintained that a mother-in-law will return to her son-in-law his food that became ruined. Accordingly, the Rabbon, the Chachamim are not concerned that she will exchange his food with hers. Therefore, the son-in-law does not need to take advice from the food that he gives her, nor from the food that he takes back from her. The Mishnah is going to bring another case where Rabbi Huda agrees to the Chachamim. Maid Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda agrees with the Chachamim in the case of someone who gives his mother-in-law non-Shviyas, that are not from Shviyas, to be taken care of, to be cooked during Shviyas. Because even a non-Shviyas food that he gives her will get ruined. She's not suspected of changing with produce of Shviyas and therefore feeding her daughter produce and therefore feeding her daughter produce of Shviyas. Although Rabbi Huda is concerned that the mother-in-law might replace her son-in-law's food with Paris that are not Mesukonim, he agrees that she would not replace it with Shviyas produce. Amayar is considered the laws of Shviyas more serious than the laws of Maishas and the mother would not exchange her son-in-law's food with Shviyas produce, since it would cause the daughter to eat Shviyas produce, Shalai din. Although we learned in Mishnah Dalit that Amayar arts cannot be trusted with regard to Paris Shviyas, nevertheless, Amayar arts are aware that it's the Chomer of the Yisr. Therefore, the mother-in-law would not switch her observant daughter's food and cause her to transgress the laws of Shviyas, even if it means that she'll need to serve her son-in-law and daughter food that became ruined. So then, the Chaber will not need to be concerned that his mother-in-law returns Shviyas produce.